Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about some sad news in the Call of Duty scene, as well as some viewership stuff from this weekend. Then we're going to just dive all into the matches from this weekend, kind of more focused team by team and talk about how the weekend went for them, positives, negatives. And then we're going to wrap it up with what teams should be making roster changes, maybe who they should be looking at, uh, what teams should maybe hold Pat that are kind of in that realm of making changes and just go from there. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. And without further ado, let's get right into this one. Brock, how you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Fine, fine Monday. You know, just after good Call of Duty matches we watched this weekend. You know, good, good outcomes overall, you know. Like you said, some sad news we're about to talk into now. <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing before we jump into, I mean, obviously you guys all know most of this podcast will be focused on the major and talking uh, the outlook for teams following the major, but I figure we might as well cover some of the like other random news in the Call of Duty scene first, uh, get that done with rather than save it for the end. Uh, first thing we got to talk about, Doug Sensor Martin officially retired from competitive Call of Duty. I feel like I've said that sentence like at least four times before, mm-hmm. um, but apparently he has a, he has officially retired. Uh, posted a, a little bit longer, like a 12-something minute YouTube video, uh, just kind of talking about why he's retiring and what he's going into. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sad time, I suppose, because every time one of the OGs retires, whether or not they're in the CDL currently or if they're just competing in challenges or whatever they're doing, whenever they like officially announce their retirement, it's always sad to see, especially both of us being fans of mm-hmm. like competitive call of duty for a long time and like some of those old school cwl even pre cwl players uh retiring like doug it's always sad to see because it's just like you know one more one more fallen soldier uh i'm even like i'm on twitter right now and i see aches posted the clip of him when he got the the two-piece against the the optic team with nade shot the formal crim scum yep. nade shot mm-hmm. and like seeing the roster there even makes me like damn like on optic scump crim formal nade shot all done uh, mm-hmm. On the side of phase, sensor, slasher, aches, apathy. Three of the four now done. Slasher, the only remaining player. And that is just a list of legends. I mean, Scump, Krim, Formal, obviously all goats. Nade Shot, one of the pioneers. Uh, then on the other side, slasher, aches, apathy. You're talking aches and apathy, both with two rings. Slasher, a legend with a ring and a ton of wins. Sensor with four wins in a national championship. Like, seeing all those OGs retire is, is very sad. Yeah, just when you have one more until there's no more left of the OGs, you know, it's very sad for us since we've been falling for so long. I mean, yeah, even when you look at the league now, I mean, who, who's even left? You got like Clay and Fellow kind of kind of holding out, Slasher, Attach. Mm-hmm. Attach is OG now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like there are like some players that I guess at this point, like people, it's weird to say, but like people like Dashy at this point, among all the players left are almost becoming OG since he's been around since World War II. TJ Haley. Yeah, TJ technically since he's been around since World War II. And I mean, those like Dashy technically competed at like IW champs. But think about that. Even if you say that those two are rookies in World War II, that gives them World War II, Black Ops 4, MW19, um, Cold War, Vanguard, MW2, now MW3. That means that they're on their seventh year of competing at this point. Like guys like Dashy and Tej are almost becoming OGs. That is just crazy to think about. Like not necessarily mm-hmm. OGs in the fact that they've been playing like since the beginning, but like in the fact that they're some of the most experienced players in the league now, being they're at seven years. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. I mean, it feels like just yesterday, Tej and Dashi like joined Optic in Bo4 as like new, like young guns. Yep. Yep. The young guns they were called. Yep. Man, crazy to think about. Just, just you know, sucks to see for Doug since you know he loves competing so so much. You know, just can't do both at the moment, like he said in his video. If you watched it, yeah. And he, it doesn't, you know, feel good, you know, not from, I don't know about personal experience, but like, it, you feel like you're letting the team down in, in that aspect too, which is, it sucks. Yeah, it does. And like, like he said, he, he just wasn't in a good mental place and everything with how busy he was to, to put everything into what he was doing, which it does suck. Cause like, it was a, a passion project, uh, for him as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's been like basically a funnel for players to get to the league. Like it's like Doug, you hit Boston breach Academy and you make it up to the league guys like ghosty uh, and Snoopy and all these guys making it up and now pentagram, maybe potentially getting some looks where Doug was trying to propel him to that. So mm-hmm. uh, it sucks to see Doug, obviously a legend and not only just like call of duty competitive history. He's a legend in like the content space. Like he's one of those guys that like, Hey, he's a main reason why challengers gets a lot of viewership if it does because people are tuning in to see Doug play. He's like must see TV uh, mm-hmm. for the Call of Duty scene. Must see TV, you know. You know, might not be the best, but you know, still so no widely known. Yeah, I mean, he's he's easily like if you're you were to list off all these like all time competitive COD players, there are like certain ones that like people that have never watched competitive COD, but like enjoy gaming no like you say the name scump a lot of people that have never watched a competitive cod match they know scump um even if you say guys like formal or like crim six or nade shot especially like those guys that like won so many times or like especially the ones that did content mm-hmm. namely nade shot and scump like people are gonna know who that uh who those people are and like sensors right up there too like a lot of people know sensor because he was in phase back in the day and phase obviously huge at the time in content and like sniping and stuff so like yep there's a name that transcended just competitive Call of Duty. Like a lot of people know him because he did so much IRL content. You know, like breaking out of the scene with Yannette and how popular he got from that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, big time. Call of Duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucks to see Doug go. I thought for sure we'd get him in the the league one more time to beat the Simpson Abizies. Yeah, I was just waiting for the the expansion to hit. You know, before obviously all these sports went. Uh, went down the drain and had to, you know, cut costs and everybody was getting laid off and teams were kind of limiting money. Like way back at the beginning of the CDL, I thought like mm-hmm. when the outlook was a lot brighter and we thought expansion was just on the horizon to 16 and then maybe 20 teams. Uh, I thought like one of those expansion teams was going to be like, screw it. The, the pool of players is small. We might as well get Doug and, you know, make our following big. I really did think he was going to make it that way. And then I think he probably saw it the same way as expansion seemed less and less likely and as it basically seemed impossible over the past few seasons, he's probably like, well, shoot, I just might not get my chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He might not, and, you know, it's just, you know, I really wanted him to leave one more time. From yeah, it would, been, it would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. He just brings so much eyes, <laughs> no matter how good or bad he is. Yeah, it, it, was, it would have been super fun to have him in there. But shout out to Doug, a great career. I mean, people do always like to make fun of him because, you know, maybe he wouldn't have the best stats always, but... At the end of the day, he is a four-time champ. I saw they posted the four-time champ, four and one in finals. He did mm-hmm. take down some incredible teams. I mean, he beat the Optic Dynasty. Granted, it's with Nate Shot, whatever. That team is still incredible. Krim, formal, scump, Nate Shot is still a very good team, especially in AW when they were at their peak. He beat that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, 
at any point, if you're a four-time tournament champ, that that's that's hard to do. There are not a lot of people that have won even uh, one tournament. There are so many people that competed for years that weren't able to get one, or some some people that were only maybe able to get one or maybe two and four tournaments. Uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but man, when you put it on the all-time list, there are a lot of people that never got to that that people consider to be some pretty good players. Yep. So you know. Doug might not be the best, you know, last few years, but go back and watch AW, Doug. You know, he's pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> he's pretty damn good in Ghost too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for Doug. Sad to see him go, um, but will forever be remembered as a legend of the scene. And uh, I would not be shocked if he ends up just kind of going full time into content at some point. I mean, it doesn't seem like he might right now with the whole uh, like pull ups grind and everything he's doing, but. Wouldn't be shocked to see Doug at some point just crushing it in content because he already did it once when he had his short hiatus earlier. Yep. Uh, then talking viewership at the major, last thing I want to talk about before we jump into kind of like talking about each team's outlook post-major one, uh, the viewership was really good, actually. Um, it peaked this weekend. I'm not sure if these numbers were including watch parties or if it was just the mainstream, but uh, the major viewership peaked at 245,000 Uh this event and that was obviously as you'd expect during the optic phase match um, yep. nobody shocked by that uh four of the top five were optic matches uh number the the first one was the the day three the winners round two optic phase uh is where it peaked and then there's about two hundred thirty thousand on the losers final optic first phase um optic versus minnesota and the losers semis had 225 uh, number four was the grand finals peaked at 208 and then optic verse Seattle uh, peaked at 188,000. So very, uh, very good weekend, to be honest. I think I saw some numbers of it compared to major one last year, which was that pro-am uh, and it like the fifth highest match on the graphic, which was uh, that optic versus Seattle at 188 would have been, the number one for major one last year, which I think was like 150. Now, granted, that may be a little skewed because if you remember, Optic was eliminated top 12. Yep. In that pro am, that was like that, that might have been Scump's last LAN. I think actually they were eliminated top 12. Like they didn't even make it out of like into like the bracket play. So that will skew numbers as bad as it sounds. Like Optic not making it to bracket play certainly is going to lower viewership. Yeah. Uh, so optic, maybe a little know. bit skewed, but still 100k more is nothing to you know shrug at like that. That's a that's a big amount. Yep, I love you love to see the viewership. You know, it's increase next major to 100,000 more. <laughs> yeah, that would be shocking. But hey, maybe YouTube didn't absolutely kill it. Well, I guess we'll have to see as we go on this year. But viewership was overall very good this weekend for a major one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love to see it. Yeah, very good to see. Uh. All right, let's dive into talking about some of the the teams from the major. Uh, the way we typically like to do it is kind of go team by team, just talk. We don't want like to dive into each individual match because at this point, like some of those matches are on Thursday already. At this point, uh, mm-hmm. right, like talk about some of the matches, but uh, to dive match by match into way older matches doesn't matter as much to you guys anymore. So we're just going to kind of talk about how the weekend went for these teams. We usually start with the teams that finished last, down to the top. The teams that finished top eight, down to the top six. You know, fourth place, third place, you get the you get the gist of it. Um, we might talk about how some like the individual players did. We're not gonna jump into roster change talk until the end of the podcast when we're gonna kind of talk about what teams like absolutely should be looking to make changes post major one. Uh 
So, you know, let's start out with the two teams that I think most people are surprised by getting eliminated at top 12. That is Miami Heretics and the New York Subliners. Miami falls 3-0. We'll start with them. They fall 3-0 to Optic, and then they go down to the loser's bracket, and they fall 3-0 to the Legion. Uh, I can't necessarily say I'm like completely shocked with them bowing out top 12. I mean, it is very shocking, but... Like the teams they had to face, Optic was very predictable that they could lose that. We both picked them to lose that. Yep. And to drop down into Vegas, Vegas, you could see how that team with Nero Standy attached could be tough on land. So it's not like the most shocking thing, but it is it's certainly a surprise. I mean, a lot of people were thinking, uh, with them being, you know, five and two coming into the major, they had a good chance to make a, a top six, top four run at the least. Yeah. I definitely thought, you know, like you said, kinda, you know, figured Optic would beat them at the the land part for me and mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't think they were gonna get 3-0 by the vegas legion that's for sure i thought yeah. it'd be a lot more like like game five you know grudge match you know nervous and john levens maybe mm-hmm. i mean you're sometimes gonna go to land and you're gonna have some bad some bad series and unfortunately for them it was back-to-back bad series I, mm-hmm. like i said i mean this team i think should be fine going forward they had a pretty good uh a pretty good overall split. Like it's hard to say that because they went 06 map count and got double first rounded, but five and two online, they looked pretty good. They beat some good teams. Uh, Journey struggled bad this weekend. I mean, they got the concerning thing, I guess, about their losses for me is like Optic completely outclassed them. I mean, everybody yep. on Optic ride them. It was not a close series. And then if you go to their match uh, on Friday when they lost to Legion, I already know everybody probably knows what I'm about to say, but they had a player purge go 24 and 52 and drop a 0.46 with the least damage in the lobby against them, uh, and they won, and that was maybe <laughs> in part because Journey on their side uh, dropped a 0.57. Journey overall had a 0.64 and a 0.57 in the two mm-hmm. series. He was really horrendous this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, but it's concerning because Purge was basically like, he had some impactful plays. He had a really nice clutch in the search and destroy, and he did have one uh, nice play in the control to close it out, but I mean, overall, like Purge, he was 12 and 30 in the control. He was three and seven in the search. He was nine and 15 in the hard point. Like he was just doing nothing out there. They were like playing basically man down and they still beat you 3-0 pretty handily. Yeah, it's a little concerning. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this team, they're not going to, you know, just shake it off, you know, come back next, next major. Uh, yeah, I'm, I kind of feel the same way, but I would say like, if we're comparing them now, let's move to our next team, comparing them to subliners who got double first rounded. Uh, they also, I mean, we're only able to win one map on the weekend. They got uh three owed by uh, the Minnesota rocker. And then they were three one by Carolina. I will say I'm a little bit less concerned with subliners because of the overall pedigree of the team, seeing that they are the defending world champions, essentially mm-hmm. the same roster almost. So I'm more concerned with Miami just because like I trust the subliners team with the players they have to bounce back more than Miami, but subliners is still very concerning here. You know, they end up losing to Minnesota, which maybe doesn't look as bad now because Minnesota, as we see from the weekend, actually ended up having a very good run. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, great run. But I mean, do you want to be the one to say it? Why we're concerned with New York? If, if there is any concern to be had here. Um, they lost their glue player. Yep. In Priesta. Yep. It's a little concerning. <laughs> Because Priest and Sib, two different players. Yeah, and Sib on the weekend went 70 and 72 in the series against Carolina, and he went uh, 59 and 71 
in the series mm-hmm. against Minnesota. And what did you bring in Sib to do? Uh, Sib was brought more. in Slay. <laughs> Slay. Slay a lot more and get like 1.2s, not what he had. <laughs> yeah, and Hydra was also around a 1 uh, on the tournament overall, which for Hydra is obviously not to standards. I mean, Hydra is like a walking 1.2. And I have... Here's the thing about these players. I have absolutely zero concerns about Hydra hitting form. I mean, Hydra's talent. I mean, you see, you can still see it this year, even though he didn't maybe have the best event to his standards. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to put up big numbers when you get uh, uh, like a one in six map count on the tournament. It's hard for anybody in your team to probably put up uh, any good numbers because you're barely winning maps. But I have zero concerns Hydra will be able to turn it up. Like you said, though, they lost Priesta. That is, we talked about in the offseason, it. Sib, you know, one for one, if you're looking at raw skill, I would probably take Sib over Priest. I think Sib's raw skill yep. may be better, but this team didn't need a Slayer. Uh, Skies can slay with the best of them as a main AR. Obviously, we know Hydra's pedigree and Kismet, for the role he plays, gets a lot of kills. He plays a very aggressive entry, objective, like heavy play style and still gets a lot of kills with it. This team didn't need more kills. They needed the glue and the comms of Priesta and like the unselfishness. Mm-hmm. So, It'll be interesting to see who else can step up and help Kismet in that unselfish category if Sib can maybe mold his playstyle. Because if Sib can mold his playstyle into more of a glue guy, he would be an excellent glue guy because his talent is off the charts. Yep. But they're missing Priesta right now. They're definitely missing him. Something's going to give. Got to give. And, you know, I think I think it's going to be more towards guys at this point. If, if they're going to have Sib just do what he normally does like he did on Seattle. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna come down to skies trying to, you know, play more, play more objective, play um, a little bit more for the team because it's it's interesting though. The big thing for me is I, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll bounce back. I would not be shocked if all of a sudden we see New York finding themselves on a Sunday again, top three or something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's concerning because they they lost their glue guy and they instantly were barely able to win a map at the tournament following winning three of the six events last year, including a ring. You know, not worried, but, you know, a little concerning, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, then our other two teams, kind of in different spots, I guess, our other, te- our other two teams that bounced out top 12. Boston Breach are in an interesting spot because they're a team, you know, they, they had a terrible online split. They uh, struggled to win many matches. Oddly enough, they are the only team to beat Toronto uh, Ultra, as weird yes. as that seems. Mm-hmm. That's how good Toronto looked this weekend. Boston did beat them online. They're maybe a little bit less concerning in terms of like maybe they don't need to make a change because I still like feel okay about their roster and like their individual players. But we'll talk about them more later. The team that uh, I think we can really save for later when we talk about roster changes is LA Thieves. I mean, they get beat by LAG, which at this point, LAG, we just we say it every time, but LAG, they own them. They own the Thieves. Yep. Like they dominate them. They own that rivalry. The rivalry of LA isn't even really a rivalry at this point. The LA Gorillas own the LA Thieves. As weird as that is, because overall, Quality of rosters through the CDL era, like LAT has had far better rosters, like mm-hmm. at every turn. Yep. And LAG just somehow beats them. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really understand it, but you know, it's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very weird, but uh, we'll talk more about LAT later because I think um, changes have to happen with that team. I mean, yeah, something they, they literally can't win a hard point. Someone's got to, you know, go, say the least, to just mix things up, bring the somebody guy new. Was, the only guy that was fighting was Ghosty. He dropped a 1.42. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe DeSees was overall dead even at a 1. Afro was really struggling. Cami was really struggling. And, and I mean, they, 
they they are just horrendous at hard point. Like they they can't win a hard point. It's awful. Yeah, like this team I, has to make a change. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, I just I don't understand it. <laughs> they, they're horrible. Yeah. Um, which makes no sense because the quality of the players in the team seems like maybe they won't be like a top team, but they don't seem like they should be like they should be able to win hard points with the players in this team. Yeah, they're talented enough. <laughs> they should not a team of ghosty Joe Desi's Afro and Cami. Should it be like the best hard point team in the game? I mean, no, but should it be like maybe a low mid tier team at least? Not like the absolute worst. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to our top eight teams though. Uh, one of our teams that bowed out top eight, Vegas Legion. They three owed uh, the Miami Heretics, which is impressive, and then lost in a map five uh, to the LA Gorillas, who ended up impressing us a little bit this weekend. Like the LA Gorillas were not bad. So thoughts on them? Um, not really. Um, not really too worried. Maybe a little worried about Purge and you know, his struggles. But overall, you know, they're starting losers. The one one, which I think. I would think that that'd be the one they would win or lose. And then, you know, had another game and lost close. So, you know, maybe add a different player to the purge, you know, could go farther. Yeah. yeah Tatch and uh, Nero were going crazy. Nero was going crazy at times in that first series. Mm-hmm. Playing very, very, very well. Um, Nero is such an underrated player. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, then they obviously, like you said, bowed out to the Gorillas. It was sad reverse sweep. Seemed like they were going to close that out. And, um, maybe start themselves on a little run. They would obviously been in top six. Purge did step it up in that second series against LAG, which was good to see him, you know, actually performing and not getting slammed. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the camp of this team needs a change. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but like overall, I'd say for Vegas Legion, not, you know, not the worst weekend. Um, I think, I think that it could have been interesting had they have beaten LAG, like what they would have done. If they were able to push it any further than top six, I would have liked to see that. But they're now kind of in the camp of should we make a change or not since they were only able to win one match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then the other team to bow out uh, top eight was the Carolina Royal Ravens. Another team, just like the the Vegas Legion, that looked like they really could have done it uh, and made it to top six. Again, they kind of blew that series. Fellow and TJ were the stars of the first series against the subliners. They played extremely well. Um and then, you know, going into the Saturday, that loss to the Seattle Surge uh, was a little bit of a heartbreaker. The the Ravens, you know, go up 2-1 after winning the Invasion Control. They lose a close, close Invasion Hardpoint, 250-247, yep. um, and then get 6-1 in the final map. But uh, Fellow was shooting in a couple of those hardpoints. Overall, the Royal Ravens, I was so sad when they lost that because it looked like they were going to win the series. I was going to be right about randomly predicting them to make top six. Yeah, they were looking good the first two I was against Surge. Then. Yep. Man, and they blew it. Yep, you know, good good for them. You know, made had some uh, with short notice changes happen, and you know they pulled together. Yeah, they they absolutely made steps in the right direction. Like they yep. coming out of this weekend, you kind of feel like the direction of the Carolina Royal Ravens is like okay, they're you know they may have only finished top eight. They had a, a bad online split, but you can like feel positive about their direction coming out of this tournament, unlike a lot of teams that finish down here. Yeah, they're pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, then we go into our teams that finished top six. Those are the Los Angeles Gorillas, who lost to Minnesota 3-2 here, and then the Seattle Surge, who fell to Optic 3-1. Um, 
LAG, I don't know how you can take anything away from this tournament for them besides uh, overall positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, I mean, they're expected to what pretty much do nothing this year. Uh, they yep. they had a couple good weeks of online, which saved them to make it to winners bracket. Uh, and then you know they find themselves playing for top four late on Saturday, and they just they lost to Minnesota very very close. Once again, they were up two one. And got beat two straight maps to end the series. Uh, overall, like such a weird series when you look at the overall KDs because three players on LAG positive, everybody on Minnesota negative, and Minnesota takes them out. Uh, Diamond Com was very good. Assault had his flashes, Fame, Estriel. They all had their flashes this weekend of being very good. If they could all put it together at the same time for like a couple days, this is a team that, you know, can always be a scary upset potential team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, teams will not take them, you know, too serious since the, the the names of these players aren't, you know, known most, really, besides Assault. Yeah, and he's, I mean, at this point, viewed as more of an older, you know, not not in his prime anymore kind of player. Yeah, so, you know, for me, uh, Grillo's, you know, overperforms, you know, love to see it. Yeah, um, I I agree fully. I mean, I saw I saw flashes from every player in the team this week that made me think like, hey, you know, if they clicked at the right time, this team uh, can upset even the best of them. So shout out to LAG. They made things very interesting and they were not a team expected to do that coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Seattle Surge, they get knocked out at top six was also kind of an interesting weekend for them. They probably should have lost to the Royal Ravens. Um, Illy, you know, there's some interesting stuff. We probably won't touch too much on that. Uh, but yeah. Interesting stuff on social media and, you know, with his interviews, but he was... He was frying this weekend, uh, regardless of whatever was going on. Um, but then it came down to the Optic match, and we kind of saw the class difference between Optic and Surge. Optic handled them very easily on the two hard points and the control. I mean, the respawns on the side of Optic, they they handled Surge pretty easily to knock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Surge, I think we kind of saw the tier that they put themselves on here this weekend. They seem to be, you know, better than like the bottom. They can, you know, beat those teams here and there. But like when they face one of our more top teams like Optic, uh, they they get put in their place pretty easily. They're they're yep. still, you know, a, a tier below those top teams. Yeah, they struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go to our fourth place team. That is the Minnesota Rocker. Uh, once again, for this team, I don't know how you can take anything but pretty much positives out from the weekend for them. Uh, they pull off a, a great win against New York, which everybody would consider an upset coming into the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. In a three-out fashion, obviously they get stomped by Ultra, but who didn't this weekend? Um, and then they're able to take out LAG and then you know fight a tough battle versus Optic, but lose it. So Minnesota, a top four finish. To be honest, for them, I don't know how you can be anything, but overall, pretty happy with that. Yeah, they definitely in my you know did not think you know since they won three games before the the land, did not yeah. think they were gonna do this. But you know, why why would I doubt accuracy? I guess. Uh, yep, we always we're big accuracy fans on this podcast. Everybody knows that. But also, like they were zero and four, they went mm-hmm. three straight to finish three and four in online qualifiers, sneak into the winners bracket as the seven seed, and then they get a first round upset. Uh, the the keys for this team, Linz looks like he can be a superstar. He at times looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, accuracy even looked like he was playing pretty well this weekend overall. Like there were some moments where accuracy was he was shooting. Uh, Vivid had his moments as well. Vivid was a classic Vivid this weekend. Like he had moments where he looked incredible, and moments where you're like, "Oh my god, Vivid, shoot back!" Uh, that's classic. Get with him though. <laughs> yeah, the classic up and down of Vivid, but that's with his play style, and especially in this game with how favorable it is to ARs and stuff. And like Vivid's trying to play so fast, even if he mm-hmm. has an AR, he's still trying to play so fast. 
Uh, it's obviously going to be a tough game for Vivid. And then Big Wake, he had times where he, he really struggled this weekend, but overall he had a lot of moments where he was very good, especially in comparison to online where he was really struggling. So Minnesota, some big improvements. and I'm looking forward to see if they can translate that into the, the next online split. Yeah, I am too. If they're excited for the team. Uh, all right, Brock. Then our third place team was Optic Texas. Um, the story of this weekend for me for Optic seems to be a classic one in the history of Optic, no matter who the team is. Uh, and that is respawns. They look like they can beat anyone, but search and destroy, man, they really, really struggle still. Mm-hmm. That's Lydia Optic Texas forever. <laughs> yeah, pre-Optic Texas, pre-CWL even. As long as I can remember, Optic is always with the Dynasty. It's like they could win respawns like nobody's business, but man, get them in a search and destroy and they really struggled. Yep. You know, same old, same old, as you say. <laughs> to me, I think it, I truly think it's like improve your S&D and you are completely fine. Like even control, but they may have looked shaky at times, but you know, overall, in a lot of the controls, they look pretty good. The thing for them was, it was the search and destroyers. I understand when they got eliminated, they lost two hard points to phase, but uh, just before that, earlier in the tournament, they had beat them uh, in two hard points. Mm-hmm. They got nestled by phase in the winner's round two. They lost two, three, five to them. Uh, and then obviously they lost another search to phase. To me, that's the difference keeping Optic Texas. I think they clearly coming out of this weekend. You have to say Optic's the third best team in the game right now. Yep. Um, but I think the difference between them separating them from Toronto and Phase is if they play Toronto and Phase, I think they can hang with them in every respawn. I just think they get outclassed in search, and that's why they are firmly the third best team behind those two. Is they just they're not great at search right now. Yep. Agreed. But you know, the, with the, with that team and star power, you know they'll figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, and how about Kenny? He did not have a good last series. Him and Shotzi really struggled against FaZe in the losers final. They they got slammed. Um, but Kenny overall this weekend, I mean, him and Pred were the stars mm-hmm. for Optic. I mean, they were the absolute stars. They were frying. Pred was frying all weekend. He even fried in the losers final when, when Optic lost. Um, Kenny was frying most of the weekend. I mean, they had that sub base where Kenny had 39 and Pred was in the 40s and hardpoint. And it was like, okay, these two are a duo. Um, they were absolutely frying and I don't know. I, I heard Aix talking about this on the flank, and I kind of agreed. I don't know that I like the way that Dashy's playing right now. I understand that that's like he's trying to like fill an octane role more, where like get the hill time, you know, sit back, play like very smart, a little slower. But I don't know. I just feel like Dashy is so talented that like I don't really want him playing that slow. Like I want Dashy challenging because he his shot is so straight. Yeah, you definitely want him challenging. You kind of want more Kenny doing the fill in the octane role. <laughs> but then at the same time, you're kind of like flipping and confusing because like Kenny is supposed to be more of your flex, like maybe faster pace. And Dashi is supposed to be more of that main AR anchoring spawns, you know, holding stuff. So holding hill time. But I don't know. Maybe they just need to mix up like timings and like their pacing and who's hitting in the hill. Maybe Shotzi needs to get in the hill more, which is so weird because usually he's like your playmaker. But with the way this game works, like it's really hard for your subs to go leak out and make plays because there's just so many ARs watching all these like long lanes. Yeah, I don't know. I just I want to see Dashy get more aggressive and fast because we know how talented he is. I, I don't know if I like him just you know chilling and playing so slow in the role he's being asked to play right now. Yeah, with his talent and and you know, shot, you know, we want want him challenging. <laughs> yeah, I want Dash to challenge because there's not many people that can outgun him. Yep, yeah. but you know. The four, the four people of stars, like you said, you know, figure it out, you know, come next time. But yeah, third I, best team. Yeah, I feel like if you're Optic and you come out of this weekend, you finished uh, like 
a third place finish and you really had your chances like in, in the winners uh round two you really had your chance to take out phase and you would have been in winners finals you even had your chance to beat them in the the losers finals phase overall did outclass them in that series but you know you had your chances um could have potentially won like a search and destroy the invasion hardpoint they just had to break palace hill at the end and obviously were unable to do so i mean that's yeah. pretty much impossible thank god yeah. that's out um so impossible <laughs> yeah but overall i think if you're optic you, you come out of the weekend feeling pretty good you just maybe need to find a way to get shotzi and dashy a little bit more consistent and i, I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue you got to figure out the s and d your optic yep and i would hope you know karma will we'll, fi- we'll figure it help them figure it out yeah i think There's... i think this team will be fine i think they'll figure out search and destroy yep uh, then we got Brock Atlanta phase, our second place team. I picked them to win. You picked them to lose to Ultra in the finals, which was correct. Um, phase overall look very good in the weekend. It's just, is it, it's a little concerning. I always would like brush it off, but at this point you almost have to say it's getting a little concerning. They just so many times they're just unable to close out finals. I mean, I think I saw like, it's like nine and 13 record for Simp and Ibiza, which First of all, we should talk about how stupid it is that they've played in 22 finals together already in this current era with how little tournaments we play. That's just insane. <laughs> it's like inevitable phase. It's like every grand final for like every tournament almost ever in the CDL era, it's like, okay, it's going to be phase versus who. Yep. It's like basically how the grand finals go. It's like, who's phase going to play this weekend in the finals? Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy, but uh, phase finished top two, I, I think. Am I a little concerned they couldn't close out another finals? Sure. But once again, if you look at these maps, it was 250 to 239 uh, in the one hard point, 250 to 237 in the other. And they got completely outclassed on search. I'd say if you're phase overall, yes, Toronto certainly looks like a class above you right now. Toronto looks like like they're in a league of their own right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Insight absolutely cooked them, by the way. But uh, yep. for me, if I look at like the score lines in the series and look at the way you're still Atlanta phase, you still made a final. Uh, am I concerned that you couldn't close another one? Sure, I guess that is concerning since they've had so many struggles in the past. But you look at the score lines in the series, it's like they won the control. They've always been good at control. The two hard points really could have gone either way. And then they did get blown out in search. But once again, this is Simp, Abizi, Cell, and Draza. I trust this team to fix their search. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be right back and potentially could win Major 2. Yep. It's like the little little moments, you know, where they don't get the kill, which causes them to lose by so close, so little. Yep, it's like the like the clutch moments almost. At the end of the day, like you can acknowledge that like Toronto is a class of their own, while still saying that like Phase is an incredible team. And also, mm-hmm. like Abizi's really struggling right now because it's really hard for these fast paced SMGs to like find their footing on the map. And I I think Abizi will be able to figure it out. Yeah, once he figures out this, team, we go back to being the scary team that they were. Yeah, and then I mean, Brock, we've got our champions, Toronto Ultra. Like I said. There's no debate. Like sometimes even after they win, it's like, are they the best team? It was such a close series. Like I feel like, you know, phase. No. Right now, there is zero debate after this weekend. Toronto Ultra is clearly the best team in the game because this mm-hmm. was not only a tournament win, but this was a dominant tournament win. Yep. They did not lose a search to hard point throughout the whole weekend. <laughs> they lost one control to phase uh in both series. They lost a control to phase in each series. Jeez. Other I than just... that, they did not lose a map. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, when, when this team, you know, when Envoy joined in the offseason, we're like, might be the probably the best pickup any team could have. Yeah. I feel dumb. You're the smart one that ended up picking them. I feel kind of dumb that I didn't pick them. I just, 
I got baited by the the classic phase looks so good. You know, who could beat them? They're just so good. They're going to make the final. And I got baited by like, you know, the guaranteed phase, make the final trick. And um, Ultra just, we, we talked about it all off season. Like everybody was talking about how like, oh my God, Pred, such a good pickup. Uh, Kenny, people didn't like that pickup. I loved it. So I, I was all over Optic being yep. really good. Everybody's like, draws it a phase, home run pickup because it was a home run pickup. It's an excellent, excellent pickup still. But we both said, even with how good those pickups look, um, Toronto made the best move of the offseason. I mean, they kept their stud main AR in, in sight. They kept their superstar MVP player in Scrappy. They kept an, like really hot and cold, but like super high ceiling SMG and Kleenex. And then they basically took Hixie, who was a really good objective player and did a lot of really important things for the team. But when you know consistently dropped like a 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9, and they upgraded him to, you know, a player like Envoy, who could do exactly everything Hixie does, but at a 1.0 or 1.1 fashion. So basically he's Hixie better. with slaying. Yep. Yep. Man, this this team is just incredible and just, you know, tough gonna be tough to beat down the road if they keep this up. Which and I I'm think they will. I'm interested to see if they can keep it up. I, do I think they will? Absolutely. There's no reason to believe they won't. They went ten and one uh series count and once again their only loss was an online loss to Boston. How that just seems so weird because Boston ended up overall playing so horrible in the first split. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing I'm interested in is a lot of times we see the teams that win the first major end up kind of slowing down big time. They were just way ahead. However, this team is one of the more talented teams. I can remember winning the first major in like quite some time. Like they are, they're very good. So yep. I'll be interested to see if they can keep this up because man, this, this team is like we said before the season, this is one of the most perfectly made teams on paper. You've got your fast SMG who can really slay out in Kleenex. You've got your more methodical objective smg that will just do all the dirty work and envoy you've got your superstar and scrap and then you've got just like such a steady slower main ar that's just gonna you know do all the dirty work in terms of like getting spawns holding headies and just like playing slow not caring about his stats like the pacing of this team their s and d like the way they played hardpoint was just so like they just played so together like every time somebody was trading it right away like people weren't getting untraded kills on them like everything just the teamwork looked incredible this this team is this team is the real deal right now Mm-hmm. Yep, I love to see it. Very good team. Uh, one of the better teams I can remember in quite some time in terms of just like watching their teamwork seems so smooth. And I mean, like like we said, not dropping a single hard point or S and D in a tournament is that's very hard to do to not just like slip up one time, especially because like they were playing a hot Minnesota team. They had to they had to play um, you know a good phase team twice. Mm-hmm. Like they they had some some tough matchups. Uh, this weekend and they just still you know what said screw it come out we're not going to lose a single hard point or search and uh gets a team like seattle too in the first the first series they played like some people thought seattle with the the players in their roster could form an upset but you know toronto just went nope we're not going to lose a map uh besides a couple controls mm-hmm. yep shout out uh inside for the, the grand finals you dropped 1.42 yeah he was frying mm-hmm. people call him the best european or not sorry not best European player of all time because I, I think that title has to belong to Hydra right now. The only EU player with a ring. Yep. People call him the best UK player, which um, they're saying a lot of comparisons. Inside is definitely up there. It's it's hard to argue against him. He's certainly up there. We'd have to do like a little bit more of a dive into it to really see who competes, but he's definitely up there. Obviously, European that title is pretty much going to be solely held by Hydra without a debate until another EU player wins a ring. But for UK yep. players, Insight is certainly, if not number one, he is he's right up there. Probably number one, though. Yep. 
Agreed. Um, all right. Last thing we want to talk about, what teams just, they've got to make roster changes, Broccoli. What teams are, you have to make roster changes. What teams are you looking at um, where you're like, you know, I think they should have the phone ready, but like maybe give it a couple more matches. Uh, we can start really quick and just like say, you know, what teams are, are safe. Obviously, Toronto, FaZe, Optic, um, Minnesota, Subliners. Uh, I would say in Heretics because of, you know, the nature of their team, they're going to keep probably the all yep. the Spanish team. I'd say like those teams, Minnesota with the way they made a run recently, obviously not going to make a change. Toronto and FaZe, duh, not making a change. Optic, obviously not making a change. New York uh, would not think is making a change just based on, you know, the roster's got a lot of talent. Uh, I think from there on out, though, besides those six, I think, unless you have a disagreement, do you think any of those teams should be making a roster change? Um, I did not have an issue with that. I think the six on the chopping block for maybe considering then would be Surge, uh, LAG, Vegas, Carolina, Boston, and LAT. Because like those are the ones that you could maybe like you wouldn't be absolutely shocked. Um, I would like to rule out LAG a because I don't think their org is really ever going to make a move, and B because I I liked the way LAG looked this weekend overall, mm-hmm. and I, I once again just don't think they're going to make a move. So I'd like to see a little bit more out of them. Yep. Um, I wouldn't necessarily make maybe make a change, but uh, for Carolina since you know they played pretty well this weekend with the players that filled in. I agree. I think Carolina. I think Carolina is one of the teams that we should put on our like. You got the phone ready. Yep. Because I think Carolina, they you know you saw in the online split, you saw the team improving with Fellow and Tej, and you saw them win a nice match uh, against New York, and then you saw them they should have won their second match, but they lost it. So they probably should have been top six at least, but they finished top eight. So for me, you like the improvement you're seeing. I think you give this team at least a few more matches. Uh, but I think you have your hand ready because like if they go back to their struggles and are just like losing every match again, I think you've got to make a change before it gets too late. Mm-hmm. However, I like the direction they're going in. So I'm absolutely giving this team at least a few more matches to see what yep. they have. Yeah, I fully agree. What about, what are you thinking on? I feel like there's a couple obvious ones. What are you thinking on Vegas? Vegas? Um, for me, you know, Purge hasn't been the best. Maybe look for another... Uh, Flex out there, mm-hmm. challengers, or personally, I th- I would think I would I would like Nero to go to the flex and pick up Asim. Yeah, that could be a thing. Maybe Standy also because Standy tends to play a little bit slower, like a little more slay heavy. I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, at this point in this game, you're running three to even four ARs on most maps, anyways. So it's not really like a two SMG split. Yeah. But I, you know, Asim isn't a bad call out, especially, you know, a little bit of chemistry with attached there, just being in that same circle of players. Um, I wouldn't mind that. I also wouldn't mind them picking up like a, a Kremp who's playing more of like a flex role mm-hmm. in a way on that phase black team. I mean, that phase black team is going to be like the team to do it. I agree. I think Vegas, I say maybe you could give it like a match or two more with Purge because he, he did improve in that second match on land. Maybe the first match was a little nerves and, you know, they did win that one. But I just don't know that I've seen enough from Purge. Like, I feel like the rest of this team, like with the three players they have, I think Standy Nero attached, like that's a core three that can win you some series and like legitimately like pull off upsets. Yep. Yep. Because we saw yep. like the, the, the ceiling of Nero this weekend. He was popping off at times and attached looked really good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Those can, you know, maybe make it to Sunday in the fourth 
yeah, like you can have Standy use a third uh, AR or whatever, Nero, whoever you want. Maybe you pick up a a phase black player. I guess, yeah, you could have Asim kind of come in and maybe run an SMG or just you just got people, whoever, you're going to figure out three people to run an AR. Pick up Krem from that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to shout him out, even though I don't even know how he did this weekend, but I'm always going to shout him out because I just love him as a flex gunless. Yep, I was about to, I was literally about to say that. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think for me, if I'm this team, I can got to go either way. Either have your hand on the phone if Purge struggles the first series or two in the split, you 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 got to pull the pull the plug and make a change there, or you could just make the change right away for one of those phase black players because you don't want to let them get away because the whole team might be picked up with how many teams could make a change. Yeah, like uh, it seems you threw a gun and I was like, yeah, that does work. You make it really good. Uh, flex for Vegas since you know Purge is struggling and, and you know Gunless you know is known for his slain. Yeah. Um. All right, so the only teams we still haven't talked about of the six we said could make changes, uh, Surge, Boston, Thieves. I mean, let's talk about Surge. What a weird team. Like, Illy played pretty well. I like him. The roles in this team still seem really weird. Like, Abuza, I still would like to keep him in just to see what you got in him because he seems like one of the higher potential players. Hook didn't have the best weekend, but I still feel like I like Hook. I... The worst player on this team right now might be Arsides, but I don't know. If I'm Surge, I'm giving this team a few more matches, I think. Yeah, I, I would fully agree. A few more matches, yeah, they do. And if, if not, one of the changes is going to need to happen. But also, like the rest of this bottom six, like if all of a sudden tomorrow I saw they were making a change, I wouldn't be like, what are you doing? Like I'd be like, okay, whatever, that makes sense. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, trying something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you you know, got Boston. I, what are you gonna say about Surge? I would say I, I still have confidence in those four players to you know figure it out and have a pretty good run at the next one. I do too, but like they they gotta have their hand on the phone ready in case they struggle this, this coming split. Yep. Um. Then we got Boston. What a weird team because I feel like once again on paper I really like the makeup of this team, mm-hmm. but like they're two and six overall. Like they really have struggled. They don't look good at all. They're tied for last with the LA Thieves. Um, Slasher was cooking this weekend. He's obviously going to be safe on the roster. I think they'll keep Priesta uh, for the vet flex player, the glue. Capsidal Snoopy is a weird matchup because they are this team in a title like even last year, I feel like would be really good. Mm-hmm. Steady man AR and Slasher, a good fast paced flex and Priesta, two really cracked subs that'll get it in your face. Unfortunately, this team picked a horrible time to form because Capsidal. And Snoopy, both faster pace, in-your-face subs. Uh, that doesn't really work in this game, unfortunately. Yeah. Barely one sub works in this game right now with the current maps and everything. So they picked a horrible time to to form. I wouldn't mind like watching Capsule try to pick up an AR more full-time. Obviously, like a lot of these guys are. But like I wouldn't mind giving this team more time just because I still have so much faith in the players. But once again, you might have to have your, uh, your hand on the phone just because the team makeup for this game, unless a meta change happens, just is not that great, unfortunately. Yeah, but like, like I said last year, it'd be a, a good makeup. Oh, yeah, in a yeah. classic 2SMG, 2AR game, I love this team. Mm-hmm. Just, right now, they, they got very unlucky with the, the way this game plays. You, you know, if, if the meta stays the same for like, you know, maybe the whole year, if it doesn't change, potentially, you know, maybe they end up thinking like Capsidal. They, obviously, I think they're going to keep Snoopy over, over Capsidal. Yeah, they're going to like him more. Maybe you could pick up 
a third. Like you pick up a gun list technically for a yeah, third it's, AR. It's gonna have to be like some kind of AR they like more than um like a I, I do think capsule will end up being the odd man out because it's gonna come down to you just need so many ARs in this game that I think Priesta and Slasher are gonna be safe. And like you said, I think they just like Snoopy as their franchise player potentially. Mm-hmm. He's kind of from their system. I think they like him a lot. So I think it would come down to Capsule, but I just I hate that because I love Capsule as a player. So that's like the one reason is like in my brain, I just don't think they're gonna drop either the ARs. I, th- I don't think they'll ever drop Snoopy. So it comes down to Capsule. And still in my brain, I love the player that Capsule is. So I'm gonna say just stand stand pat in this team. You can have your hand on the phone in case, but like I don't know. I just like this team and who knows, maybe a meta shift happens if we switch maps and then all of a sudden if it becomes a two SMG meta somehow, this team could be very good. Yeah. I you know, I like this team too a lot. And then and we got our last team, Brock. Oh, what are you going to say? I'll say they're, they're kind of hoping for a meta change at this point. Cause it, oh, yeah. They'd yeah, be in a be, great spot. That'd be good. Our last team, Brock. It's, it's blow it up time for this team. Yeah. LA Thieves, we both had faith in them in the preseason to at least be a pretty good team. Uh, right now, that is looking very inaccurate of us. Mm-hmm. Which means there's one safe player. That's Ghosty. He looked very good this weekend. I do think he's a young player that people do think is very talented, so he'd be a good piece to keep uh, on board. But nobody's safe. Afro could absolutely be on the chopping block. Joe Steves could also. Cami also. Um, yep. If I'm this team, I might even... I'm like... The phase black team is obviously the candidate for everyone. Um, I'm looking at Asim and Kremp at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking Ghosty, Asim, Kremp, maybe a team of three, maybe you keep one of your other players. Uh, maybe keep, gotta give. Yeah, maybe you keep Cami. Maybe uh, you think Joe deceives or Afro can you know fill in like more of a full time AR role. Let Asim run a sub. Like something, something's got to give here. People have to be dropped because this team like they just can't win at hard point. Um, and once again, it seems like the talent's there, but like Ghosty is probably the only safe player. All the other three players could be on the chopping block for me here. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I just what? like you what said. Uh, it's hard to like really hard to pick who like to drop and stuff because you know, all these players have the potential. They do, but like, and I know you don't want to be dropping AR players because how AR heavy this game is. But like, Cami, it's been like so many years of us asking for him to get back to form. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. That like, is it time to drop Cami? But that's also a hard person to drop because like AR players are at a premium this year now with it being such an AR heavy game. Yeah, uh, you want to see the talent from Afro show up like you've seen in the past but he's looked rough um the whole team apart from Ghosty this weekend like Ghosty this weekend was really good but overall every other series everything else the whole team just looks rough yeah so yeah I'm probably make a change have a phone call you know, waiting you know something maybe the coaches you know go over the what's what's actually wrong and all the stuff yeah but also like well the weird thing is like you know what the I don't think this is a team that's just going to sit stagnant because I do think they really care about winning. But like at the same time, you know, the whole money thing mm-hmm. uh, with them this offseason, who knows? Maybe maybe they're not looking to make too many moves right away because, you no, know, they were trying to save money. So who knows? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to mm-hmm. wait and see. I, I'm expecting maybe, I mean, we have like 18 days, 17 days or something until the next matches, so I wouldn't be shocked to see them potentially make a move before then. I think we'll see at least a few teams make a move before yeah. then. Or even like a few of these teams that could make a change, you know, maybe try out a player. 
Yeah. Like maybe some trials and scrims or something. Look at the CDL standings. It's crazy though. Toronto will probably have like champs damn near locked up at this point. Yeah, they have 160 points. Yeah, them and FaZe, just because we know that those two are going to win plenty more series the rest of the year. Those two are basically like, unless like somehow they're like the world ends, those teams are like basically locked for for champs, which we, I mean, we already knew those two teams are going to make champs, obviously, but like they're pretty much actually like legit locks at this point. Like I, I bet you we come down to the end of the season, 160 points is going to be pretty close to the cutoff point. Like 160 points might make it to champs or at least be like, somewhat close well we'll we'll have to go back at the end of the year and see like what the eight seed makes this i bet you 160 will be pretty close to making it yeah so yeah but one more good tournament for those two and they're basically locked up (laughs) oh yeah and they might even be locked up now yeah that's just crazy to think about yeah Um, that's what happens when you give them give more points in land you know play good on land yeah and i mean toronto basically won everything online as well yeah uh, that's that's pretty much all we had for today, though, Brock. We wanted to talk to those teams. Pretty pretty long episode today. You got anything else before we wrap it up? Um, not really. Just you know, sad again to see Doug mm. officially retire. Maybe maybe come back in a couple years. You know, he did like, say you know maybe I'll play again. It's, I won't point that video. And I was like, that's the Doug I know. Yep. He, not officially hanging up, but you know, there's still a chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is very sad, but that's gonna do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed. Be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a follow. Drop a five-star review if you're listening on the audio platforms. Hope you guys enjoyed the major this weekend. Brock, um, we don't really like score the brackets, but Brock definitely won the bracket challenge this weekend over me because we both had the correct teams in finals. To be honest, it wasn't that hard of a prediction. Pretty much everybody saw FaZe in Toronto making it through, but Brock was the one that predicted it correctly and picked Toronto to mm-hmm. win it. So I'm sure... I bet you FaZe is probably the most common pick this weekend. I bet you Toronto was probably two. But um, you never know. Optic, I guess, could have been one because there's just so many Optic fans probably picking Optic. Yeah. I was like, how many points did you end up getting? It wasn't that great. It was like 19 because I had a, like a lot of teams like like a Minnesota run kind of killed me. The New York losing so early kind of killed me because I had New York making it to winner's finals. Yeah. I had like Toronto. I had them beating Toronto in winner's two, but then I had Toronto like making the run all the way to finals from there. So New mm-hmm. York losing... Right away, killed me because I had them in winners finals. Yeah, I had twenty seven overall points, but you know, almost predicted the Gorland for the grand finals as well. Almost. You had a four two, right? Yeah, four two ended up being a four one. Yeah, yeah, crazy weekend. Well, now you've got the pressure now to continue and potentially get every major winner correct. I'm already done. I picked phase. I'm done for the year getting every major winner correct. So you're alive. You got yep. three more majors and champs to go. We'll see if you can complete that. Yeah, we'll see. Let me cook up something else. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this one, though. Like we said, we appreciate you guys for all the support. We will see you next week. Not 100% sure what we're going to do because next week there are no matches to predict. So we might hit you back with a potential player tier list because we like to do that, you know, following majors. So maybe that's what we'll be looking at next week. But we'll figure that out and we'll get back to you. So thank you guys so much for watching. And we will see you in the next one.